0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of BPM Pod, the podcast where we get behind people's music. I'm your host, Ashley skrace Vendel, coming to you from Berlin in Germany. Thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode. Really great to have you here for what is a little bit of a different one this week. Now, usually we interview bands and upcoming bands and uh, musicians who want to get a little bit of exposure and want to talk about all of their ideas and uh, their inspirations and where they're going next. But this week, we've got someone with a little bit of history who's also trying to be the musician she wants to be, but is already very much established as a musician and as a vocal coach and teacher as we talk today to Kari Jonstadt. That's Kara Jonstad, I guess you would say, but Jonstat, if you're going for the uh, probable Nordic influence of the name, and uh, she'll be coming up in a minute. First, it's been a while since there's been an episode. Hope everybody's okay out there. Um, from my end, it's musically been kind of dull at this point in time. Um, haven't really been doing all that much. I guess um, it would be around now I'd be looking at cool gigs to go to. And of course, that isn't really that isn't really happening these days. So, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of tough for sure. The, um, the, the things I've kind of been doing really is reliving some of the old music that I used to listen to growing up. I got thinking the other day, what are the tracks of my years? You know, what are the sort of tracks that shaped me across, um, across my life? And I mean, literally from my lifespan. So I was born in, um, in 89 and what, what tracks really affected me from from my birth onwards and I don't mean influences from my parents or something like that tracks I didn't hear tracks that were actually released as I went along through my journey and um I was trying to think about that recently like what tracks really affected me and whether I should do like a cover album of those sort of tracks of my years kind of thing I mean maybe that could be cool uh, to do I don't know let's let's see how that uh how that pans itself out but definitely some from being born in 89 onwards um there's going to be some pop stuff in there it's gotta be some pop stuff right i mean in the 90s we had a what the boy band sort of time and then we had spice girls and things like that and i don't think they would necessarily be influences per se but they were they were tracks that i definitely remember um i think a big sort of track that influenced me when i was growing up was and one that i've been listening to today to get back into it is uh, the new radicals the new radicals you only get what you give i love that song I think the New Radicals kind of came and went in a flash, but they're really underrated. Um, there's another song they did called Someday We'll Know, which I loved. Um, I think they've, they, that song had a profound influence on me and what I look for in a song and in music. I think also it won't surprise you to know that I've been an old man since birth pretty much. Um, So there was some older stuff I listened to when I was younger, like bands that were um, still releasing music. The Queen album Made in Heaven was one of the first albums that was ever bought for me. I was only a few years old. And as I grew up listening to that, that really impacted my love of music and Queen overall. So Yeah, Tracks of My Years, New Radicals, stuff like that. Then you've got Limp Bizkit. We talk about Limp Bizkit a lot on here, but it was so informative to my music, like, growing up. It really was. Band called Feeder, I really loved. Band called Travis. Coldplay, you had that time. You had Oasis. You had the whole Britpop thing with Blur and Pulp and things like that. Yeah. Ton of stuff, right? So when I sort of got thinking about it, the Tracks of My Years are really hard to put together. If you do have a Tracks of Your Years kind of thing, maybe Top 5, Maybe pick five five to ten. Let's do it like that. Do let me know. I'd be really interested to hear what those lists are. And uh, maybe we'll run through them. If you could submit your top ten tracks of your years that really informed you. And uh, maybe a little bit of explanation as to why and what you like about the song. And we'll go through them. And maybe I should do this uh, on another episode coming up soon. But now let's go on to the main meat of the episode. As we talk to the wonderful Kara Jonstadt. Cara, she's an expert, an absolute expert, a master vocalist, a singer-songwriter, and she's practiced and honed her methods in vocal coaching and musical teachings over, for about a 30-year period. Um, she now today runs the School of Voice in Berlin and uh, is basing a lot of training programs out of there for vocal teaching, band management, artist management, artist development, anything you could possibly ask for comes out of the School of Voice Berlin, and there's a lot of stuff that's available online. Don't have to be in Berlin for this stuff. You can do a lot of this remotely. Uh, if the world has taught us anything, it's that. Uh, she's got 30 years experience as a professional singer, composer, university sort of faculty leader, an author, a visionary, and she's the founder of Voice Your Essence coaching programs. And She's guided and mentored voices from all walks of life, and they've achieved all levels of success, from emerging artists to top recording musicians, from professional speakers and presenters to visionary leaders. It gives me great pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Cara Yonstadt and you can hear what we talked about on the other side of this quick clip of Kara's own music.
1: a population another hunger scare oil slicks and garbage and not enough clean air life life, life, life is a, a gift, gift to, to live. live let's wake up from this madness and find a way to kill choice to make Whether we want to love each other or to live in hate We are the ones to make our earth To learn to love each other once again
0: So we're going to talk primarily today about the school of voice Um, And what you offer there. But uh, I know you're also a singer, songwriter, and yourself and release a ton of music. So, can you just tell us a little bit about your story, about your background?
2: My story is that I grew up more or less internationally. So, I grew up with one foot in Europe and one foot in the United States. I grew up with one foot in a big city and one foot in the countryside. So, I have all the love for voice and music and sound that one can have knowing all these different fields that we can we can plant our feet on is, is what I like to say because we we really as human beings can learn as much from being in nature and communicating with the trees and animals as we can being in a big city and standing on stage in a jazz club or in a concert. And so I studied theater and I studied music and then I came over to Berlin from the United States and made my way through, at that time, a music industry that was very much into labels and you had to have, a, you know, you had to be with a label to get distribution. It wasn't, the days were very different than today where you can just really go into studio and within 24 hours, I mean, actually, simultaneously, if you're doing a live stream, you can reach your potential audience at that time there were a lot of um, bells and whistles and, and a lot of filtering systems. And so I released my first album with RCA and Ariola, and then did the classic path of um, working for the Hochschule for Musik as a vocal coach while writing my own songs, while standing on the stages. Um, and then in 19, I think it's around 1997, You know, everything seemed to be crashing in many ways. And I felt very emboldened and empowered as a singer-songwriter. A very, I, I am, you know, very strange mixture between an absolute free spirit and absolutely grounded and very practical and hardworking and dedicated to take that jump and become an independent musician, which I have never regretted. And also continue also coaching top voices and people that really want to be empowered by what it is to have a strong voice and a strong message in this world. And that's been my path ever since a, a balancing act, basically between producing, composing, writing, singing, stage work, and at the, and and writing, you know, articles and books, radio shows, and at the same time, Uh, vocal coaching and uh, business coaching, artist development, things like that.
0: How the hell do you find the time for this? That's (laughs) quite a lot.
2: Well, I think, you know, that is one of the, that is one of the keys. If you look at also the School of Voice, if you look at what we stand for, if we are connected to our own message and our own truth, this is really a very, Big reason why we get up in the morning and it's a driving force. So I think the first steps people miss sometimes the first steps. They, they go into this, like, Oh my God, I have to practice or, Oh my God, I have to. And they forget the big, why they forget the big, why? Like, what am I passionate about? Like, what do I, why am I doing this? You know, why are you doing your podcast? Why am I doing my school? Why are we doing radio shows? Why are we creating music? We forget the why. Once you connect with your why your voice actually and why is a message like what is what is what are my gifts and and how can i what i would say in in music business terms how can i package them in a way that my gifts that i have been given are also not only there for the people but it's i free myself when i'm able to give because i make more space to receive more music Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but for me, it's like this. If I have worked with a lot of clients and sometimes they're sitting on their songs for so many years that they're just stuck and I can help them then say, okay, one is your voice, your message, but how can I move that through? And we're in a great place nowadays with the um, ability that we have in the internet to really work on international levels very quickly we can work with studios in different countries we can work with artists in different countries we can work solo I can take out my I can sing a cappella if I want and record it and release it and that means that once you're in that flow you actually have a lot of energy and that energy gives you the ability to yes to work so hard because the work feels like joy and passion and fun mm. it doesn't feel like a burden that you're carrying no. so that's how i do it i i do it by connecting really clearly with my why and i've never yeah I, I work all the time but it's like being a song all the time or a poem it's not you know it's not a bad life to have
0: right? no no and it's it's interesting you mentioned about finding that why because i think you touched on it at the end that it can just become a little bit burdensome and that can really ruin your passion for things, right? I mean, that's kind of partly why I started doing something different instead of doing music was because it became burdensome. I really hadn't questioned, well, why am I doing this? Like, What do I actually sort of want to do with this? And it became sort of an anxiety rather than a pleasure. Um, and that can kill your enthusiasm, I guess. So it's a, it's a tough balance, I guess, to get. But I think answering that why is really, really important, like you said.
2: I think answering the why and also with voice work, we become very clear or or my work as a coach and also with myself. it's you know it's the same. They're parallel lives that I live and and one does not exist without the other. Um, is how do I strengthen my own essence, my own voice, my own passion? because the problem that we have, if we listen, it becomes a burden only when we're listening to other people's voices and their projections on how we should be, could be, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Ashley, you didn't bring out your album once a year, so you're no longer worthy, or you didn't practice your guitar riffs uh, every single day this week, so you are no longer um, a good musician. You know, it's when we pay more attention to other people's voices than we do about our own voice. And the way that I see my own work as a coach and as a songwriter, and also my clients that come to me is to realize that we're a little bit more mysterious and complex and vast than that linear thinking of, I'm gonna set a goal and I'm going to do my little checklist of things and it's going to be released on time and um, everyone's going to gather around the big fire and applaud and it's going to be uh, good times for everybody. Nature doesn't work like that. A tree doesn't work like that. The mountains don't work like that. A river doesn't work like that. And people only if you have a huge production team behind you, are you going to manage maybe to hit your timeline?
1: Mm.
2: Maybe, right? And otherwise you have maybe the baby that didn't sleep at night, and you're a little bit slower on the next day. Or maybe you have, you caught a cold and that pushed you back. And maybe you had to take care of your mother who was lying with cancer and you wanted to say goodbye. You know, it's like we, in, in the idea, in this idealistic world, there is little space for humanity. But the truth is that's why we're doing music. We're doing music because we're human. And because we feel, and because we want to bring those feelings and emotions and, and philosophies or thoughts, like our view on how the world works, we want to bring that out and touch people and have them also touch us. It's not only about touching people. We like, we like also people saying, wow, that was really nice. That was really beautiful. I mean, it, it nurtures us. It makes us feel also part a part of a bigger um family of Mm. belonging
0: so that's a wonderful answer and probably covers most of the following questions we're going to do but we're going to go through some of them anyway okay (laughs) all right school of voice offers a lot and uh, i'd like it if you could just sort of two-part question really what is the sort of a bit of background on the school of voice and then i want to focus a little bit on vocal coaching um because there's a lot of sort of musicians we talk to here and a lot of people who listen who are very competent musicians in terms of playing, you know, they're fantastic. But the complaint or sort of concern I hear quite a lot is that their voice isn't quite up to it. Um, even people who are very well, that they, they maybe need a bit of a help. So really two parts. What is sort of the, a bit of background to the School of Voice and why would someone look to sort of work with the programs that are on offer? The
2: School of Voice is an artist-driven program uh voice school. So I'm, I, it's a vision that I have to share with people that the voice is multidimensional. It is, much, it, it is much more encompassing than we are led to believe. It is not just having a nice singing voice. The voice will come through when you're writing your lyrics. The voice will come through when you're writing your shopping list. The voice will come through when you're speaking to your beloved, the voice will come through when you're at a huge meeting and trying to negotiate contracts. The voice will come through when you're sitting deep in meditation and all the other voices are silenced and suddenly you hear your chit chat and you know, jabberwocky in your monkey brain and, and, um, and then are really seeking for the beauty of, what you know you carry inside of yourself, which is maybe a melody that you forgot or certain images that still touch you deeply. So the voice is there all the time. And I think that is why I also do the Voice Rising radio show and why I created the School of Voice that is my why to realize that we can only have a healthy and what I would call a sound world if each and every one of us, number one, connects to our voice and number two, we in our harmony, as I like to say, shifting harm to harmony, you know, we are in a in a quite a predicament as a planet. If we are able to find peace and harmony, that starts actually with a voice that is running through the core of our body. So I make sure at the School of Voice that there are programs that not only support the singing and speaking voice, but we have creative writing. We also have songwriting. We have people that approach the voice, they're so terrified maybe to sing. They have so many judgments that it's like, okay, let's come through the piano. You know, let's come through the guitar. It's normally in the moment, it's still still instruments. I mean, I'm open to all instruments, but it's still instruments that can support the voice. But some people are starting with writing melodies or we just did a, a big frame drum workshop. You know, let's start through rhythm and drums. And then we add our voice to the drum. And then we come back to the drum. So they're like bridges, you know, to people finding their own voice. And then on top of that, we have audio production, which is very exciting. It's very, um, it's not a huge studio. It's basically the vision is for singers and singer-songwriters to lose their fear of a studio and to be able to explore, how do I lay my track? How do I, how do I put my You know, how do I play the piano and put my singing voice on top and create little demos so that I can be very clear before I go into the music business, quote unquote, you know, before I'm looking for a producer, I can be clear with what I feel comfortable with, what I like. Do I want to do lounge? Do I want to do jazz? Do you know, a lot of a lot of singers, one of the biggest problems is that they're so excited to look for a producer that they look, they're just happy if somebody has the title producer, like, Oh my God, I found a producer. It was like, so incredible. I found a producer. It's like, well, what has he ever produced? Oh, well, he's produced a techno track.
0: Mm.
2: Well, that's very interesting, but you're an acoustic folk singer. Yeah. You know, are you going to, are you going to be okay? Right. It's interesting
0: Um, you brought this up actually, because that was going to be the next question. We're kind of leading there already. What should people really look out for when they're looking for, you know, a producer or even a vocal coach or something? is because i guess it goes beyond this checklist right like you're saying it's really about who they are what they've done how they connect how they bring you out
2: yeah i mean most people for example if you're looking for a producer i mean the one thing that we teach at the school of voice or that we try to empower people to do i mean the first steps is of course we have a lot of people that are not interested actually in the music business at all So I would say the School of Voice, we are in the music business. We are also in the transformational business, which means that we also do a lot of empowerment, a lot of um, working with managers that are brilliant and yet they feel incapable. Uh, They feel like they're being talked over in meetings, for example, Um, or a lot of women also that are very, smart and have passionate hearts and they just feel like their throat is stuck. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's, there are many, many moments, but as far as looking for a vocal coach concerned is there's only one, I mean, there are two things. The person has to be excellently trained of course, because the muscles are very small and with the wrong coaching, you can actually, um, do also harm to your voice. I mean, there are a lot of people that come to me, they've had 12 years of study and their voice is nowhere. And within a week or two of studying with me, their voice is really big and free and relaxed. So it has to do also with getting a teacher that's experienced. And what's very important that the voice likes is feeling a certain amount of safety, a certain amount of space where they're not judged in the beginning, where they can slow it down, where they can listen, where they can you know, where they can feel good first, right? And that's, and, and to jump over to the producer side, um, what most people do is, again, they're not clear with their why, and they're not clear with their, what, what we call signature sound, or they're not really clear, really, they haven't done the homework before they look for a producer. They haven't really done their private, personal homework with a coach or by themselves. It's like, what do I really love? And then again they get in these situations where another voice will say, Well, actually, I don't think you should be doing jazz because it's only a 1% of the market. You should be doing whatever, lounge, techno, pop. And they they there's then already a struggle before the album is even created, right? And then the album is not successful, and you have a lot of artists then in contracts or not, and they just feel, feel like a failure. And they feel incredibly sad. I mean, there's a big grief, I think, from artists that have put their lifeblood into projects. And it's their songs, and it's their babies, and it's their, it's, it's their creativity. And then they feel that the producer didn't understand them, or the label didn't understand them. But the truth is, I always say, it might be that, that you weren't understood, but you have a voice, and you need to do that work before you're seeking a partnership In any way, whether it's a producer or a business partner or a guitarist for your band, you need to do your work. What is my message? What is my why? What is my voice? Yeah, You have to do it. Otherwise, it's a lot of life energy in, yeah, feeling frustrated.
0: I think that's a good point. Very, very good point. And I think that that is why a lot of people feel frustrated or feel that they've sort of sold out, maybe, if you want to put it that way. It's because they maybe haven't committed to where they sort of are principally first. And that's a it's a very good point. I'd like to actually talk about um, the concept of artist management, though, a little bit. There's something we really don't talk about very much here. We often talk about sort of bits like, you know, oh, I took music lessons to, you know, improve this and that. I took voice lessons to improve this and that. But the concept of artist management, we don't really talk about all that much. What is the sort of... Uh, topics around sort of artist management. What what does that really teach and talk about, and why is it important?
2: Are you, are you talking more about artist management or artist development?
0: Uh, both and let's go. Both, both. and <laughs> yeah. both and.
2: Well, I mean, artist. What what we're doing a lot is more artist development. Meaning, what role can the artist take? What role do we have? to gain confidence in all of these different aspects that are necessary in having a career as an artist. For example, one of the things that we're talking about is signature sound, which we, which we brushed on a bit talking about the, you know, what do I do before I get to a producer? It's like, okay, I have a good voice and I have these great songs, right? I, I, I wrote these great songs and I have a beautiful voice. Okay, but what is the signature sound? Is it, you know, are lyrics important to you? Yes or no? Is production important to you? What kind of production is important to you? You know, for example, if we know, if we think about Enya or the Bee Gees, or, um, you know, those are like basic examples. There's a certain sound, a production sound. You don't, you wouldn't think of Enya without that sound. You wouldn't think of the Bee Gees without that. These are production sounds. So. Do I love music that has a certain production sound or I can say personally, I don't. I mean, it's nice, but I love uh, acoustic and I love um, powerful voices with a lot of dynamic. I like stories. I'm, I'm, I'm engaged with good lyrics. I do not actually personally as a singer want to sing, I love you, baby, love you, love you, love you, baby, love you, love you, love you, baby, love for, you know, four minutes, right? I love good stories. So everybody is different. Every artist is different. And I think every production team is different. So that is one thing. Business development that we understand, like, what are the rights of musicians or not? What does you know, what does Spotify play? Do you want to put ads on your YouTube channel? How do you deal with social media? Do you just want to do it yourself? Um, which most artists do, you know, I had an artist here. And, and, and I mean, this is a true story, no names. And her hands were so inflamed that she couldn't play her guitar or piano. Right? but she was a musician and she was a very talented musician and i said well you need to really take care and of course and we talked about yoga and resting and la 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 and she said yeah but i can't stop my social media right if you're into a place where you're using your thumbs and hands so much to push your image that you forget actually the reason behind pushing your image is you're a musician and if you're losing you know if if you're changing everything on the outer, outer, in the outer world to get success and fame, but forgetting to take care of your hands so that you can play the piano or guitar. Something is wrong with this business model, right? So in artist development, we would actually bring or try to bring people back to say, what is the center of that circle, which is you, which is your voice, your message, your beauty, your Um, integrity, integrity is a is a very important word in my book. And then from there, build a business that is sustainable. And that is yes, holistic, whether you have different producers or are producing by yourself, but it's a business that you can carry with integrity and with your lifestyle. Right, which is that's that's gonna make us have energy at the end of the day, and not we're not gonna feel constantly burdened and guilty that we didn't make it. We're gonna say like, hey, you know, I did my three posts today. It was great. I, I liked it. You have your little, you know, checklist if you want, but you don't forget to feed and nurture your artistry, which is why you're in the thing for the first place, right?
0: Mm-hmm. I really love yeah. your like focus on just finding your sort of purpose and essence and just just this idea that your voice isn't just the voice that you project, like it is, you know, what you create and like the things you live by, your va- values, your virtues, your rituals, your routines. Like I really love that it's all encompassing like this. It's incredibly inspiring actually. But I just wondered though, as a sort of tangent of that, because mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier that to be a good coach, you also have to sort of coach yourself, right? You have to understand yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to check in with yourself. What do you do to sort of ground yourself then? Because there must be times even in this this sort of career that you really enjoy and the lifestyle you enjoy where you still are demotivated, Where there's still times you're a bit down or something hasn't quite worked, whatever that may be. What do you do to sort of reground yourself in your life and reground yourself in your mission and your beliefs?
2: Well, I do meditate. I, I do have a meditation practice, which is very good, because it gives you time to not only reflect, but it gives you time to remember that life is a little bit bigger than you. And I think that that's important to remember that there's a, a, you know, soul force running through us all that is bigger. And when those producers maybe destroy you in that moment because they gave you a contract that you even had checked with a lawyer, but you weren't clear of the predicament that you might be in five years later. And it has happened to me, number one, to put it into perspective of what we are, really what we are, and get unhooked by this. Um, you know, I often say to my clients, look, it's very easy. I say to my clients like this, you know, I mean, now I'm, now I'm going on a sidetrack here, and I, and I will come back to my own practice, but I say to them, what do you really need? You know, because everyone's like, yeah, but I want to be a superstar. What do you really need? Yeah, but I want to be famous. Oh, really? Okay, so what do you really need? And then I break it down. Let's say Berlin, Berlin, only Berlin, I'm not even talking about London and Paris and Halle and Leipzig and and, and uh, Munich and um, New York and everything. only Berlin has 3.5 million people, right? Let's say it like that. If you have 1000 people that love your work, I mean 1000, I'm not even going to do the statistics because I'm not that fast this morning. But you have 3.5 million, you got 1000 people that you have touched with a song. And these 1000 people give you $100 or 100 euros a year, they can even put it on a Patreon or whatever. They give you eight bucks a month. What do you have? You have hundred thousand. Is it enough? Are you okay? Most musicians will be like, wow, I'm so happy. That's like incredible. Okay, let's break it down again. We have only 500 people we've made happy. You know, you start doing the math like this or you have 20 people and they all give you 500 bucks or whatever you wanna do. You can do it on your own terms. So what makes me grounded is actually that, is I create my business, my school, my songs on my terms. I create, I did the work, what, how do I wanna live? And that's what I teach also. I, for example, normally coach in the afternoons, my mornings are there for, in the, in the moment we're doing an interview, but they're there for writing, they're there for reflecting, they're there for having a slow coffee. They're there for keeping me centered and relaxed. And they're there for also learning and reading. And um, you know. And, and I, I have like two days in one normally. I, I wake up, I have a day, I wake up at six. I have a day until let's say 12. And then I have lunch and then I meditate. And then I have my second day, which is coaching and everything. And then rehearsals until eight or nine, right? So I think when you start, when you or we start really sensing what are our values, what is our integrity, how do we want to live? I had a moment, too, where I had to realize I cannot carry a five, six person band. The costs were killing me. Can I also do it with me at the piano or can I do a duo? Can I simplify it and have that energy free? It's a different sound. Right. But. It's also beautiful. So it's like, how can I work with what's healthy for my life as it is now? And again, not trying to um, stand on my head and be something that doesn't work in my life now. I don't have time for three hours at a gym now, but somebody with 20 might have time for three hours at the gym. I don't have it in the moment. And to accept that I have other
0: qualities. Right? I, mean, I really love that. Like accepting your sort of boundaries, your limitations and not seeing them necessarily as weaknesses, but just deciding what your focus is. That's just a lovely way to, a lovely sense of clarity. Yes.
2: And, and working and creating a successful business with the parameters that we have. And what I do when I do business coaching is also your values lead to your value right? People, a lot of musicians are struggling with money issues, but they're looking at money, but they're forgetting that the word money is value. What is my value? And they feel undervalued. But the question is, am I working also with my values, with with the values? And that for me, it's integrity is very important. For me, honesty and transparency also with my team and with my teachers, they know it's very transparent. It's not, it's not like, you know, sometimes when you go to a club and you have the feeling like, you know, that band got paid, you know, more than that band, but the musicians are the same. And you're like, why did they do that? And suddenly there's, you know, it's like, if everybody would just be transparent, we could all start to relax. Like if the record companies, they're just transparent. It's like, we need that much money, that percentage to put it on the, shelves or whatever, and the artist gets that. Okay, it's good. Everybody is transparent. You save a lot of energy. And, and I don't know, that's how I like to work. Really transparent, clear, honest, you know, you
0: Just know, cut everybody the crap, at the right? Cut the crap, What? <laughs> cut the crap, really. You know, cut
2: the crap, you know. right? And we then have a lot of energy free to be what we want to be, which is creative. Hmm. And, and if you're working with a company, you know, I, ch- I chose a different path in the moment is that I decided after so many years of um, working with different companies or different managements or whatever, I decided that it's better to have my own office because then I have the connections and I have the names than if I'm a product of another office, if for some reason that communication does not work well, you take the next leg of the journey with a very empty backpack because they have all the connections that you just made in the last two or three years with your record, and they're all in their computer and not in yours, mm. right? So that's my thing. I empower, I actually empower musicians, if if you can, to take that 10 to 20% that you're going to pay your management and pay an office, pay your office, mm. create your office, mm. make make understand that that'll give you also confidence and strength. And is it more work? Yes. And is it more exhausting? Yes. At times it is, but it's yours, Mm -hmm. right? It's yours. And, and then when you decide to work with other people, you'll have the experience of what it means to read contracts. What does it mean to set up interviews? What does it mean to um, put your stuff out there? And you'll also have more compassion also for the good manager. There's a lot of good managers out there. And you'll be able to work well with them because you'll understand also the predicament that they go through right so if you find somebody and you've done that work you actually are so grateful you're like falling at their feet if you find mm-hmm. a good producer or a good manager you're like oh thank you so much yeah, yeah. thank you so much
0: that was yeah. a fantastic answer and i i could talk forever about it but i don't want to hold you all too long so i wanted to move on to um Actually, some more quick fire kind of audience questions that I got as well. They're not not too putting you on the spot, quite simple. But uh, I would like to move on to them if you're good with that. Um, some of the questions we got, I asked a few people to submit some questions through our sort of very small mailing list. And uh, can any singer of any level take up voice coaching? Or more to the point, can anyone sing? <laughs> is really what they've asked.
2: Uh, the answer is yes. I've taught thousands and thousands of people to sing and not only to sing, but to sing well. We have to remember, it's a little bit like the question, can anybody learn to run? You know, um, Most people can if they have, don't have knee problems, um, but sometimes you have to start a little bit more slowly. Everybody has the same, more or less, tongue, jaw, larynx, you know, throat muscles, diaphragm, two lungs, heartbeat, bloodstream, everybody has that instrument. And so the question is, how do I train optimally and understand the way that the voice actually loves to open? So most people don't train well, but it would be in comparison to if somebody said to you, like, I used to not be able to run and and now I can if I want, but I know that I had to slow it down to, I had to wear one of those funny heartbeat monitors. And in the beginning, I was really just kind of like, you know, like very slowly, you know, jogging, kind of really slow, like slow, like a snail. Like it was really hysterical. Like my heartbeat was like 120. It was like, and then suddenly after a few weeks, my body got used to it and everything started to connect and everything started to flow. It's a little bit similar to the voice we have to slow certain things down and we can't be pushed uh, pushed too fast. And, and at the same time, the miracle is with singing is that once you know how the voice is made to unwind or unravel or resonate, it then goes very quickly. The voice, the voice wants to align itself and be embodied. The voice wants to be free. So it, it can happen very fast. It, my my work, I work very fast. I work slow and fast.
0: Uh, yeah, well it's, it's good funny. good balance. Um yeah. uh, who are your biggest musical inspirations? Is another question we got. If you maybe just a handful, because you must be exposed to so much music and be into so many different styles and artists. Who would you say would you turn on and listen to? You keep coming back to as your favorite artists?
2: You know, it's it's not easy as a singer. Um I mean, the people, number one, because if I'm not coaching, which I'm doing a lot, I'm normally composing or reading or studying. That means that that music is a part of my life, um, but I'm not listening to music all the time. So there might be some great names that I'm missing. I know that when I was uh, studying, for example, people that are very authentic, Nina Simone, she inspired me, her authenticity. Uh, There was a singer that with her one song, she she changed the way I, the dynamics that I felt in music and that was Jennifer Holliday. And later Jennifer Hudson did the role in Dream Girls. But I remember trying to attempt as a young, you know, Blair, Wisconsin, Country Girl, one of these big soul pieces, and it was not easy. And then with time, when I listened more and I allowed myself more to go into these different colors, um, she really inspired me. People like Joni Mitchell have inspired me. Also, I think their integrity, their authenticity, one of the songs that she wrote that ended up being a hit, she actually wrote as a joke. I, I think it's called something like, I'm I'm my own radio or something. And uh, but I I I love people with good lyrics. I have great respect for people also like Streisand. I'm not listening to her in the moment, but you know, she directed, she produced, whenever she got a no, she basically did it anyway. Right. And so these people and and I have a lot of respect for also artists that I work with in Berlin or I, I have a team in Italy that I just finished a big production with, with a symphonic record. And these people are like the quartet from Morricone um, were on that album. And they're just hardworking, amazing musicians. Fabrizio Piliucci was a, is a producer that I worked together with in Italy. And these are people that live and breathe from music and yet they're not in the charts. And they inspire me greatly, you know, to, to wake up and do the work.
0: I've only really got a couple more quickfire questions, actually. Okay. Before we go, um, one of them is speaking of music that you love. Someone said, "I'd love to actually know." Is there any style of music you don't like? Yeah. Anything or that real- I don't just, understand, or that you don't understand, might be exactly. I was just going to say that you maybe you know just don't understand might be a better way to interpret that.
2: Yeah, I mean, my work is very focused on on voice and lyric and and also connecting with the the breath and the nervous system so one type of music i don't understand that berlin is very famous for is techno music and i and i don't understand it because my i remember i used to live in tiergarten and they had the love parade and the the beat was so loud i thought my ears were gonna and i was i kept on thinking wow i would love to see drummers come you know with percussion and and create this love parade but i didn't understand the automated electronic loops at a tempo that made my heart want to jump out of my uh, eyeballs you know and that's a music i don't understand i can't say i like it i probably wouldn't listen to it i've tried maybe i can be surprised i'm always i am always open to be surprised
0: we have we have something in common. I totally do not understand techno, house, dance music, dubstep, anything really heavy automated beat. I'm really struggle with. Um, I like it when people sort of Im- use influences from it into say a indie sort of rock track or something. You know, with some pre-programmed beats and stuff. I think that's kind of cool. And that's fine. But as sort of solid techno music, I don't. I don't get it. I, I truly don't get yeah. it. Um, yeah. But. I I actually get death metal more than I do techno. And that's still not a sort of style that I really like, but I at least understand a little bit where they're coming from or what they're trying to do. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, And the last question actually is around children. A lot of the musicians I've spoken to previously are now starting families. I myself got a relatively new family set up. And one thing that's really important to me is that uh, she at least is around music, at least is interested in it. Even if I'm not going to force... Anyone to play an instrument, whether they're a child or adult or whatever, and I think they've got to want it themselves. But the question I got here is, how can you even get children interested in music? Like, do you have any tips or advice for that?
2: Well, I mean, the first tip I have is that we're not introducing them to music; they are music. Children sing before they can speak. Children are naturally. Creating songs all the time. They're they're singing their songs. Children are songwriters, and so we introduce them to music, which they already are, by coming into conversation musically with kids. You know, I used to with my daughter. Um, she wouldn't want to, for example, clean up her room, which. You know, not only children don't want to do. We don't want to do it either, right? I mean, to be honest, we don't want to do the wash every. I mean, we don't. We don't really like doing it. Not really. We do it because we're conditioned to kind of create some sort of clarity. Otherwise, we'd also you know, maybe leave the dishes after we have a beautiful meal and not want to deal with it, right? And I used to sing it, you know, it's time to pick up your
1: room, (laughs) time to pick up your room. And she'd be like, okay,
2: you know, it's like to make things into, you know, people always laugh at me. They're like, Cara, you would be like wanting the world to turn into a musical. And they're right. I would want people to sing, you know, I would want, and I do want people to sing all the time. I think it makes us a happier folk. So yes, you should never force children to play a musical an instrument. And I, I do think though, we make sure at the School of Voice, for example, that you know a lot of parents, they also put a huge expectation on their children. And I had one parent that was going to quit piano lessons because her child who was five did not practice an hour a day. Right. That is insane. Mm. I mean, we, yes, if you're, you know, if your child is is at the Staatsoper doing a classical program, maybe, but children should learn just like they're creating those songs while playing. They should sit at the piano and be able to pick out their own melodies. They should be able to play five minutes a day. They should be able to also um, literally have fun pounding a little bit on the piano, exploring um, How do to, to you know, we used to play um, pots and pans, you know, back mm. in the day, mm. right? When there weren't that many video games, I played pots and pans. Um, we put wax paper on a comb. We would hum mm. on the comb. Um, so that's a way to be engaged musically, singing when you pick up, singing while you cook, whistling. And the, and the last thing I would say is that there are games that we, that I played with my daughter, like, okay, name this tune. Oh, okay. Now name this tune. Yeah. Dum, bum, ba, da, de, 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 de. And they're so happy to play matchy matchy with songs where most people only do it with the letters or with colors or every child is, um, has perfect pitch with the age of four. So if you miss that date, then it's a little bit harder, but if you manage to keep music, Uh, in the childhood with games and with fun things and yeah they're fine people are musical everybody's musical so
0: that's a lovely note to leave it on everybody's musical that's a really nice sort of piece to end it on Cara I just want to say thank you very much for like taking the time out to talk today it's been a super interesting and really inspirational put a big spring in my step for the rest of the day actually so thank you so much where can people find you, out Ashley. Well, where can people find out more before you go about School of Voice and about yourself?
2: Yeah, they can find out schoolofvoice.berlin. We have uh, we have courses and classes privately and groups in, in our two Berlin studios. We also have them online, that's school of voice dot online. So for people that are tuning in outside of the Berlin area. Our teachers are all bilingual, if not trilingual, multilingual. So we do have students also, I teach a lot internationally. So I have students all over the world, in Oman, in Mexico, in California. Um, Everything's possible nowadays with online. So we're very grateful that we can be in the two Berlin studios and also on Zoom situations. And then we also have, if you go to carajohnstad.com, you'll see my new release, which is Moon and Capricorn. It was a very big uh, album for me because it's symphonic, so full symphony orchestra. That was nothing's MIDI on that whole thing. So it was quite a journey. And um, also the radio shows and articles or I'm working on a new book. That's all at carajohnstead.com. Yeah. And then otherwise, Facebook, Instagram.
0: All of the socials
2: all of all of yeah all of where we have to be sometimes more consistently than others because i believe in really yeah staying staying with your own integrity with your timelines and yeah leading from that place
0: And that's all we've got time for on this week's edition of BPM Pod. Thank you very much for joining and listening. As always, go to Instagram, go to Facebook, go to bpmpod.com, and I look forward to hearing from you there. But until next time, stay safe, stay lucky, everybody, and I'll speak to you soon. Take care out there.